Good morning. It is Thursday, the 11th of June, 2020, show number 55. Goodness gracious me, it is Jungle Drop Thursday. Oh, we are incredibly excited here at radioblogging.net. As you can tell, got a great show lined up for you this morning. Some great games to start with. Of course, we've got Abby Elphinstone reading from Jungle Drop, and we've got, of course, the Jotcast and plenty more to come. So why don't we get straight on and say good morning to the team. Good morning, Deputy Mitchell. How are you today? Good morning. I'm very well, Ian. Thank you for asking. Yes, uh, the sun is shining. It's a lovely day here and breezy, but a bit warm, uh, which is quite nice. Um, but yes, really looking forward to uh, Abby's reading today. I'm sh- pretty sure uh, she visited a, one of my favourite schools uh, in Chorley, Gillibrand Primary School with Ashley, the head teacher there. I'm pretty sure she visited and uh, the whole school was absolutely buzzing and blogging about their uh, they're buzzing too um, and another thought I was just thinking as well you know we, we do talk about naming things don't we here and mm. I hear you often Ian saying you know teachers or head teachers that we meet on here have great names yeah. well, it's got, hasn't gone unnoticed that you've got a pretty good teacher name <laughs> as Mr Rocky uh, and I wonder whether you don't have much discipline problems in your school when teachers will say I'll send you to Rocky <laughs> and I, think, I, th- I think we need I think we need our own theme tune for you and I think we know what that theme tune would be <laughs> But we need one, and if you're not going to do it, I am. I'll tell you what, I might have to thank you. I might just have to bring that into one of our thinking and writing music in the future. Uh, Yes, a a very subtle request there from Deputy Mitchell. Thank you so much. We'll be back with David later in the show, of course. He is going to be surrounded by Jotcast and Padlet's time to pop across the country there and meet the man himself. Start the day with a slice of pie. This is radioblogging.net. Good morning, sir. How are you today? You know what I'm going to say. I'm in fine. <laughs> fine fettle. <laughs> I absolutely am. I'm in fine fettle. I I was up at, at the crack of dawn this morning because I'm so excited. I've I've loved Abby's books. They are a, an absolute romping read, and I know a lot of the children will have read Dream Snatcher and Shadow Keeper and Night Spinner. Uh, Sky Song absolutely loves Sky Song. And Rumble Star. Rumble Star is the first in her current series of the Unmapped Chronicles. And we're going to have a taste of Jungle Drop, which is the next book, which will be coming out later in the year. And it's a cracking read. So really excited. I love her writing because it's funny. It's fast paced, edge of the seat type stuff uh, with a little sprinkle of magic. And I like a sprinkle of magic, as you know. Uh, So really pleased to be on this morning. Welcome to everybody. You're sitting here with pens and pencils. If you've not joined us before, we always start the day with a couple of games. Ian and I will play the games, make notes during the games of ideas that come to you. Our notebooks are a seedbed for our writing. We gather everything, words, phrases, ideas, thoughts, possibilities, which we may use or we may not. The the thing about the notebook is it's easy enough in a way to get ideas, but it's very easy to forget the ideas. So we like to gather them all in one place. So make notes while we're playing the games and then we'll have a musical interlude and some shout outs and you can play the games yourself. So here we go. The first game. I think it was originally Brian Moses who came up with this idea. Um, But in Abby's reading, there is what appears to be a marble that starts glowing. 
Um, I won't say any more about it, but uh, because that would rather spoil it, perhaps. But um, I thought we'd do Brian's game of the magical marble. And Brian's got a big collection of marbles that he sometimes takes into school. And he takes a marble out and you have to look into the marble. So I think, are you ready to play some games, Ian? Absolutely, Pie. Creative games. Play and try with Ian and Pie. Okay, so the first one is in the magical marble I saw or I can see. So do you want to kick that one off? What would you, if you were holding a marble up to say to the sunlight a bit, what would you see inside this magical marble? You Thank see you. anything? I would. In the magical marble, I would see fireflies dancing in the moonlight. Oh, wow. I love that. It reminds me of a time I did see, um, are they called fireflies? Those little, uh, mm. they're actually insects, aren't they? Yeah. Mm. They're insects fireflies i was i was it was actually late at night i was walking down an old an abandoned railway track and i saw these tiny little glowing things they're insects actually uh, uh and it it was very beautiful it was as if little stars had fallen down it was a i, re, I remember it so well it was about 40 years ago and it was an amazing sight in the magical marble i could see um a crystal tower i often talk about that crystal tower and you'll remember that from the dream i had yeah a crystal tower glowing Uh, so inspired by yesterday's collective nouns i'm gonna go for a pandemonium of pixies flitting around (laughs) funnily enough weirdly i have got in the magical marble i could see a swarm of goblins wow Yes, coming out. I'm going to have them scuttling over the earth. They're coming out from an underground cavern. Brilliant. Over to you. Love it. Thank you. I'm going to say in the magical marble, I can see a golden lantern emitting wisps of magic green dust. Oh, wow. What what happens if you light the lantern? In the magical marble, I can see... Um, I'm going to go for, in the magical marble, I can see a garden of, I can see a garden of rose bushes with tiny, tiny fairies curled up asleep inside the roses. That's a great image. I love that. Uh, In the magical marble, I can see a deep glistening pool of silvery water. Ah. That's magical, isn't it? It makes you want to wonder what's going to come out of this pool or what would happen if you looked into the pool. I'm going to go for a city one or a town one. In the magical, in my magical marble, I could see a flying car. I've always wanted one of those. <laughs> but you would name it, of course. I would, yes. Clive the flying car. <laughs> what was it? It was Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, wasn't it? It was, it was indeed. I, I loved that film. Great film. In the magical yeah. marble, I could see a character from the past beckoning me to explore their world. Oh wow! In the magical marble, I could see a book, um, a book uh, with no words in it, waiting for the story to be written. Oh, that's lovely! Uh, in the magical marble, I could see the door to a secret kingdom. 
Mm, these are great ideas. We, we, sh- we should write these down. We should write down. these down. <laughs> yes, we should be doing something with this. And, and I've said it before, Ian, I just love these sorts of things mm. because 10 seconds ago that didn't exist and now it exists. It's creativity. You've made something beautiful up, something marvellous and miraculous up. So if you're on your own, you could make your list. It could become a list poem in the magical marble I can see or I saw. That would be a lovely thing to do. Uh, and then let's do the second game. Uh, very, very similar. Now, uh, without wishing to spoil Abby's reading, um, the word portal is going to be important. And we've talked about portal stories before with things like Narnia, where you go through some sort of magical portal. Now, I've got three categories for us to be thinking about, and this will become important later on, listeners. So um, <clears throat> make good notes of these things. Now, a magical portal that takes you into another world, it could be a magical oral orange a magical orange it could be a magical object is what i meant to say uh, well, it could be a magical orange you touch this magical object and the next thing you know you're in another place it could be a magical place so you go to um i don't know you go to to uh, your pool for instance and you step into the pool and you're suddenly in another world or thirdly it could be a magical event in other words um with your lantern you light the lantern and when you light the lantern then you get transported let's do a few of each um ian okay. let's start with some objects what magical object would you have that if you touched it it would take you to another world what would you go for all right i've got myself um, imagining uh, i'm stroking a tungsten pebble oh wow i don't know what it is but it sounds good mm. is tungsten a sort of metal it is yes and you've got it as a pebble. I have, that yes. You found on the beach. Yeah. Do you know whenever I go to the beach, I, I I know I'm you know I've got my bus pass. It's ridiculous, but I still think that if I look hard enough, I'm going to find that pebble. Mm. But if you pick it up, it's going to grant you a wish or take you to another world. I love playing that game, and I love collecting pebbles, as you know. Yeah. Okay, my magical object is going to be a scarab beetle in a museum Ooh. from the Egyptian. Very nice. I'm going to imagine I am sitting on a charmed toadstool. Oh, wow. Okay, my next magical object is going to be... um, I'm going to have, I think, a magical bottle. Brilliant. Okay, shall we we go to magical places? Where would be a magical place for you? I'm going to say uh, walking along a cobbled path through a a, a magical stone arch. An archway, yes, that's a good one. I was going to go for, I was once walking in the woods. This is actually true. Uh, I was in Germany um, visiting a school and the head took me to a place where there had been um, part of a concentration camp where in the war they had um, uh, kept people. And he walked me into the middle of the wood and they grown a wood over where this place, this awful place had been. And it was very beautiful and very atmospheric. But right in the middle of the wood, there was a tree and the tree had got um, obviously the, the, the main stem, the trunk, but then split in two. So it looked like the letter Y. And when I went back, I took a photo of it. And when I went back to the school with the children, we used that as a portal that you would climb the tree and go through the two um, jutting out branches. And that would take you back into the past. Oh, wow. I love that. That's fantastic. What a great idea. And it's just thing. It's just there, isn't it? But it's the imagination, Pi. 
it's noticing things yeah. and then you and thinking oh i could use that yeah yeah have you got a magical event i've got a magical event yes i do um moving the hands of a fairy tale grandfather clock to turn back time oh wow <laughs> i love that one i've got i've got a baby grandfather clock a miniature one um and that would be superb i'd love mm. to take that into a school and say right folks i'm going to turn back time and what what would we go back to the victorian days and you suddenly you are no longer sitting in school but suddenly you're you're an urchin running around um part of a little gang nicking stuff off people um yeah fantastic way into a story um I, I'll, I'll i'll think see if i can think of a magical event something that you do but then operates as a portal into another world um okay so something that you would do on a daily basis perhaps or maybe it's going to be a special event ah what about something that we do every year in many schools, which is we have a sports day running races and things like that. Um, and you run a race. But but if you're first over the line, then you suddenly rush into another world and everybody's standing thinking, where have they gone? Where have they gone? <laughs> oh, Let's brilliant. Go. That's when uh, yeah. this is a story from the past, Ian, but um, I met Mel, my wife, when we were teachers together uh, in a school and she was an NQT, actually. And I'd been there three years, I think. And um, it was a very, very, very difficult school uh, to work in. But we loved working there. Um, it was a very challenging, area, very, very poor area. And. Um, on sports day you know how in big schools they have the children in we were they were in houses yes. and they were all sitting in clumps mm. uh, and it was pretty well organized actually uh, but then came the teacher and parent race so various parents came out all geared up with their spiked shoes on etc ready to absolutely rock it and the next thing i knew mel was lining up for the parents race <laughs> Uh, as the teacher and of course the kids went berserk they were all cheering and yelling and she won and it was one of the most extraordinary things i've ever seen because that was it all of the children they broke loose a school of about 500 they broke loose from their pens charged on she was raised into the air and carried off to whooping and yelling headmaster blowing his whistle nobody concentrated on him at all absolutely and that was the end of the day really it was one of the best and i stood there and i thought i must marry this woman <laughs> absolutely hero status instantly <laughs> yeah exactly okay folks we played the game so magical marble what can you see you could come up with hundreds of ideas for that and your magical portals what objects what places what special events might take you to another world and while you're all doing that ian have you got some music to get the corbett's foot tapping oh i certainly have uh, those of us of a certain age it's time to slip on some knitwear this is starsky and hutch this is radioblogging.net broadcasting live across the planet 
I hope that got your toes tapping this morning. Uh, the time, 12 minutes to 10 o'clock here on radioblogging.net. Coming up, a few shout-outs in just a moment or two. Uh, but first of all, a very good morning to Abby, Abby Elphinson, who is very kindly joining us both on the site and on Twitter this morning. Thank you so much, Abby. going to listen to your reading from Jungle Drop shortly. It's always a real pleasure and a delight when we have our fabulous authors joining us. And Abby is there responding to people as we speak, which is really, really uh, lovely. So thank you very much indeed. Uh, we've got some uh, comments. Don't forget, you can email radioblogging at gmail.com. Helen's done that this morning. Please give a shout out to Year 6 at Newland St. John's Academy in Hull. All the Fruity Bubbles listened yesterday for the first time, and we have come back today. We're already hooked. Lovely to hear. Thank you so much there, Miss Wilson. Very, very good of you to get in touch with us. You can also leave a comment on the bottom of today's show page. So if you go down to the bottom of the show page, there's a box there where you can leave your comment, and we will read those out later. Toby, good morning. Um, how are you today? Hope you're listening, enjoying listening in school. Mrs. H, excited for today's show. Abby is one of our favourite authors here at Bispam Drive and today I'm in school with our lovely key worker children. Cannot wait. I know we're, we're, we're excited. We're on the edge of our seats. And Abby's replied there very kindly. Hi, everyone at Bispam Drive. Can't wait to hear from you. How lovely. Uh, Freya and Emily. Hello, everyone. We're really excited for Jungle Drop Thursday. Shout out for year five and year three at Langorse Primary. You love testing my Welsh. It's kind of West Country Welsh, isn't it? But thank you for, for getting in touch. Owl Class Year 6. Good morning to you and Miss Stevens. Uh, and also good morning to Mr. Simpson, another regular listener. Lovely to hear from you. Ollie, good morning to you from 6B. Can't wait for an amazing show. Can you get a shout out? from Micklefield we all love your show you so can thank you so much indeed and finally for now good morning to Sophia uh, please say can me and my friends from LEH year 6 have a shout out you certainly can thank you for getting in touch now of course surrounded by Padlets and Jotcasts and all things technical we've got our good friend Deputy Mitchell have you got any comments there on the contact Padlet sir I do indeed. We've got loads coming through, actually. Uh, uh, loads. Uh, we have. Um, well, you mentioned Mr. Simpson there from Summerfields. I know Pi uh, gave Mr. Simpson a bit of a ticking off, didn't he, about our missing full he stop. <laughs> <laughs> I will remind him. But I'm just uh, pleased to report here, uh, Pi, that Mr. Simpson's left a, a, a lovely uh, shout-out request there. And he's used uh, capital letters, full stop, an exclamation mark, an apostrophe, an ellipsis, <laughs> inverted commas, and a hyphen, sir. Look at that. Um, so we've got a great shout-out from Mr. Simpson from Summerfields. Uh, really looking forward to the show there. Uh, Melody, we've got one from Norbury uh, Hall Primary School. Uh, wanting a shout-out from Melody there. Bispam Drive, uh, for all the friends uh, and community listening at home, from all the children and staff at Bispam Drive. And we have... The Westfield boys are back again. Um, and their teacher, Miss uh, Chennel Clark, has said good morning. Westfield Primary, listen again. Looking forward to the show. The girls are joining us too today, but we have thought about a collective noun for the boys. And we think we should call them a pride of year six boys, which I quite like. I like that. Um, yeah. Perfect. Because yeah. we were talking about uh, collective nouns yesterday, weren't you, Pi? So it's nice that they've been thinking about that. So William, Will, uh, Elliot... 
um, Archie uh, and Chris all there uh, uh, listening at Westfield Primary. We've got Lily from Stonewood Woodford asking for a shout out there. So welcome, uh, Lily. Uh, India from Pensbury. I know India's been listening for quite a while now as well. Pensbury Primary looking for a shout out there. Uh, Archie from Westfield. He's giving a shout out to the girls who are joining for the first time today. So that's really good. We have Rebecca from uh, Brunel class uh, asking for a shout out for my friend Poppy, my teacher, Miss F, and all my other friends um, from uh, Brunel class at St. Paul's in Poynton. Uh, Mrs. McCalmont, uh, we have a, a, a very regular listener, Mrs. McCalmont from Stonewith Woodford asking for a shout out for all the children at home learning today. And there are still loads coming through, so they're not approved yet, but I'll get on to them and you can come back to me later on in and we'll, we'll get some more shout outs out. Brilliant. Certainly will, David. Thank you so much. So we'll be back with Deputy Mitchell a little bit later. But for now, we're going to move on to the next part of the show, which is one of our favourites. Um, and yesterday we had a, such a number of children recording some fabulous audio padlets, didn't we, Pi? We did. Yeah, I've listened to them all. They were excellent. And um, how many of you got lined up for us today, Ian? I have got four lined up for us today, Pi. I couldn't choose, so I had to go for four. Okay, um, excellent. We love to hear these. And of course, if yours isn't read out, then it is there. It is there forever. And uh, lots of people will no doubt go and have a listen uh, to these. Abby, we'll explain how this all works at the end of, of the session. The children have an opportunity to record their writing and perform it so that we can play it on the show. So what have you got for us first, Ian? I have got, first of all, this is Dreams by Neve. Dreams by Neve. I dreamed I was a tortoiseshell cat, daintily lapping up water with my rose pink tongue. I dreamed I slid down a rainbow and fell head first into a pot of gold. I dreamed I could climb into books, so I fought Lord Voldemort, then solved a murder mystery. I dreamed I went to the wedding of Gerald and Geraldine, and we feasted on porridge, nuts and camembert. I dreamed I lived in the sky, and I flew gracefully above earth, while eating cloud ice cream with hailstone sprinkles. I dreamed all of these things, and more. How about that, Pie? I love that. Um, I, I loved it for all sorts of reasons. When she slid down the rainbow, I once did a book called Slide Down the Rainbow, a uh, collection of poems for little ones, Slide Down the Rainbow, and the idea of climbing into the books. Gerald and Geraldine, I ought to explain, Abby, I had a mouse living in my house, and I ended up calling him Gerald for some reason, and he featured, he actually had a whole show to himself, the Gerald Show. I loved, Neve, the cloud ice cream with hailstone sprinkles. Lovely imaginative bit there. Well done. It was beautifully read, too. What else have you got, Ian? This one is called Wacky and Wonderful, and it's by Rhea. Wacky and Wonderful. I dreamed I saw clouds and clocks melting, concrete easing below me, turning into quicksand, making me sink into the abyss. Rain pounded on my skin, scolding me with every raindrop. Steam trains grazing along the tracks creating no steam and everybody losing track of time. Another one that used really beautiful language, wasn't it? Yeah, beautiful language. And I think that's the first time we've had Raya on. Um, I think I'm right in saying that. And uh, well done. Good to be brave. Just give it a bit of a go. Great piece of writing too. Well done, Raya. Mm, it was. Uh, next, we've got Dreams by Lucas. Dream poem. I dreamed I saw a fish fly. The cat swam with the fish. 
the diamond melt in cold water, the glass of tables, and the spider slithering across a room. I dreamed I saw a flock of leaves, a cluster of roofs, a school of hippos, a crowd of cats, and the library of snow. I dreamed I witnessed the difference between the clock going anti-clockwise, the difference between white and black, the difference between nothing and everything, and when yes became no. I dreamed I heard water gurgle, a watch talk to you, a book talk to you, a bomb quietly explode. I dreamed I touched one atom, I dreamed I touched a fire. I dreamed I touched electricity. I dreamed I touched a black hole. Did you spot the collective nouns in there, Pi? I spotted a school of hippos. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I love that when, and this is good, you see, because we, we go over certain things like kennings or collective nouns. And the idea is, folks, that you make a note in your notebook and then you draw on that. You try those things out in your writing. Otherwise, there's no point in it all. And I love it when I see the children using imagery, drawing on things that we've already done. So, yeah, uh, I, I really enjoyed that, Lucas. And one of the things I liked about that, it was an extended piece, wasn't it? It was a long piece. So he must have worked very hard at that. Uh, and that's part of the secret, really, is getting your head buried in the writing, really everything else out and go for it well done lucas what's what's the next one so our final one is called portal dream and it's by hayden i dreamed i saw a beam of light bursting with an explosion of colors brighter than the sun and placing images in my mind of a journey to remember i dreamed i was in the majestic tropical jungle swinging through the trees there was a portal beaming with different shades of blue sucking in the leaves and sucking me in too I dreamed I was flying in the sky, jumping from cloud to cloud. I saw the portal, so I said, hey, but this time it blew me away. I dreamed I was floating in space, playing with the light of stars. I saw the beam of light again. Turns out it was Mars. Love the poetry. Mm. Great poetry, wasn't it? Mm. Yes, playing with the light. Uh, I thought that was a great idea. And very nicely read as well. Very clear. Well done, Hayden. Great piece of writing. Very good performance. So, folks, uh, we'll come to that at the end so other people can have a bit of a go because we love to hear your voices on the show. Now, um, under teacher notes, you can probably, if you're, Abby, you're on today's show. It's Jungle Drop Thursday. Whoopsie. If we go down a bit, there's some teacher notes, uh, which I no doubt teachers. It says teacher notes, but also mums and dads, if you're interested, do download those and have a look. Uh, at them now just below that it says abby elfinstone response and by the way i love the name elfin stone i think that's a very magical name to have if you click on that one just click on it once and with any luck something will happen well nothing's happening on, oh there it is the blue line at the top is a pit uh, yep, we're on we're in <laughs> should go into what looks like a large brown um, page. It says Ab Abby Elphinstone response. And this is a thing called a Padlet. Now, in a moment, Abby's going to read absolute cracking reading and we're going to give a response. So all the listeners, Abby, will give you a response and, and you can reply back uh, uh, as well. Um, and there'll be, there's a pink blob in the bottom right hand corner, the plus mark on it. Just click on it once and up comes what looks like a post-it where it says title that's where you put your name that's important everybody so that we know 
um, who is writing and everything is read by Deputy Mitchell. Everything is double checked. Um, so I've dropped the cursor down. I'm ready to give Abby some sort of response. And I could comment on what I liked. Uh, anything that puzzled me, neat turns of phrase that I really enjoyed, what the story made me think about or, or made me feel. Maybe what do you think's going to happen next? How the story might end? You could raise questions for the author. So it's pretty much an open field. We're going to listen to Abby's reading and then we'll give her a response. Hi, everyone. I'm Abby Elphinstone and I write adventure books filled with magic. Today, I'm going to read you an extract from my new book, Jungle Drop, which comes out in October. And as much as I wish I could introduce you to a boy and a girl brimming with charm for this story, I'm afraid I can't. The petty squabble twins have as much charm as a politician's underpants. But just because someone has a sharp tongue and a thorny heart at 11 years old, it doesn't mean they're going to stay that way forever. Quite the contrary. Children, I've discovered, are remarkably bendy creatures, especially when they're thrust headfirst into an adventure. Just when you think you've got the measure of them, they twist and turn and end up surprising you altogether. Even the ones who seem truly dreadful, like Fox and Fibber, Petty Squabble. In fact, sometimes it's children like that who make the most interesting heroes of all. So the following extract is taken from Chapter 3 of Jungle Drop. Eleven-year-old twins, Fox and Fibber, have been rivals for as long as they can remember. Only one of them will inherit the family fortune. The other will be posted to Antarctica and politely wished all the very best. So a race is afoot to save the dwindling petty squabble empire and win the love of their parents. The book opens with Fibber announcing that he's moments away from revealing his master plan to restore the family fortune. Filled with panic, Fox snatches his briefcase, which contains her brother's master plan, and legs it out of the hotel they're staying in. She hurtles down the street, looking for a place to hide the briefcase, then stumbles across an old antiques shop and darts inside. Her brother follows her, and the extract opens with Fox and Fibber encountering the mysterious old man who runs the antiques shop. The old man blinked at the twins. He didn't often come across children. His customers tended to be adults, and he and his wife had never had a family. But he had remained optimistic about them nonetheless, because he knew from personal experience, that when worlds and kingdoms needed saving, it was children who stepped in to sort things out. But the two in front of him now didn't seem the world-saving types at all. And so it was with a great deal of surprise that the old man noticed the blue glow coming from the half-open drawer of the writing desk the girl had just kicked. He bustled towards it and drew out a small velvet bag. Impossible, he murmured, tipping a marble into his palm. The sun had dipped behind the street now, and in the gloom of the cluttered antique shop, the marble was sparkling with a fierce little light all of its own. Fox plucked idly at her plait. I suppose you're going to try and claim that this marble is one of a kind and worth stupid amounts of money. Even Fibber, who was still worried about finding his briefcase, couldn't help but look at the glowing marble. What's it got inside it? Batteries? Miniature lights? Magic, the old man whispered. Fibber plucked the marble from his wrinkled hand, turned it over in his palm, then rolled his eyes. He was too old to believe in magic. But just as he was about to hand the marble back, the man reached out and grabbed Fibber's wrist. The world is not as you know it, but if I were to tell you the truth, that we only survive because of four unseen, unmapped magical kingdoms that conjure weather for our world, you would laugh at me, just as I laughed years ago when I was told the same thing. 
Fibber tugged his arm free, but the old man kept talking, his voice low and urgent, as if perhaps he had been waiting for this conversation for a very long time. You'll have learnt, of course, about the terrible hurricane 70 years ago, which almost tore our world apart. Scientists have never understood why those hurricanes stopped as quickly as they started, but that's because it had nothing to do with science. It was because of magic. Fibber shook his head. This is madness. Fox, for once, was in agreement with her brother. I detest old people, she muttered. The cardigans and the slippers and the non-stop knitting are bad enough, but the nonsense that comes out of their mouths is unbearable. If I was Prime Minister, I'd pass a law saying that anyone over the age of 50 should have their mouth sellotape shut whenever they open it and leave the house. The old man ignored the twins' comments. When I was a child, he said, I stumbled across a magical phoenix tear, and that tear transported me to Rumblestar, one of the four unmapped kingdoms where a harpy called Morg was wreaking havoc with the magical winds that grew there. He shuddered as he recalled it. But with the help of some friends, I, Caspar Tock, banished Morg and her followers from Rumblestar, which in turn restored calm to our world's weather. Fibber looked the antiques collector up and down. You really think that you stopped the hurricanes because of something you did in a magical kingdom? Caspar nodded. He looked from Fox to Fibber. I knew that one day Morg would hatch another plan to steal the unmapped magic. She only needs to gain control of one of the four kingdoms for the rest to fall, so she won't stop trying. Fox glanced around the shop. I don't suppose there's any sellotape kicking around in here. The old man ignored her. Again. My wife Sophie and I have spent our lives trawling antiques fairs across the world, looking for another phoenix tier. Then we came across this shop for sale and I felt the pull of something familiar. Casper's eyes shone. It was the pull of magic. Tucked inside the drawer of this writing desk was that marble, a phoenix tear. I've been sure of it all along because if you've encountered magic before, you know when it's sitting in front of you again. The twins stared at the marble. The glow flickered mischievously in Fibber's palm and for a second all thoughts about the briefcase and the petty squabble fortune were forgotten. Our planet is on its knees again. If the rains don't come soon, who knows what will happen? All of us are to blame for global warming. We could have done more sooner and stopped ignoring signs around us. But it's my bet there's dark magic afoot here too. Casper paused. It appears the Phoenix Tears magic is stirring. And for reasons far beyond me, I believe it's chosen you two as the ones to save us. For a moment there was silence. Then Fibber snorted. What a load of nonsense, he said. And as for us sweeping in to save the planet, Fox added, you can forget it. It's not the petty squabble way to start caring and helping and rescuing other people. What would be in it for us? No, it's stamp or be stamped on and we'd very much like to do the stamping. Exactly, Fibber dropped the marble back into Casper's hand and glared at Fox. So give me back my briefcase and maybe I won't stamp on you. Casper tilted his head. You mean the one under the piano? Fox stiffened as Fibber charged towards the piano and began rummaging beneath it. She looked from Casper to the marble, then back again at Casper, and in the old man's eyes she saw something burning as brightly as the marble he held. Hope. He dipped his head at Fox. Take the marble. Then run, girl. Run headlong into this adventure. The unmapped kingdoms have chosen you, and when magic sets its sights on someone, it's remarkably hard to wriggle free. Fox blinked. The old man was off his rocker. He had to be. But her plan lay in tatters. Fibber was on the brink of victory, and there was something about this marble burning in the gloom, something wild and hopeful. She grabbed it from Casper's outstretched palm, just as Fibber was raising his briefcase in triumph. Then she turned and fled from the shop. Fox tore back down the street. 
She couldn't go back to the hotel because her parents had been very clear, come up with a plan or be posted to Antarctica. She had to get away from here, immediately. And yet she had no idea where to go. She hastened on down the street. Then the train station came into view once again and Fox felt the marble tingle in her hand. Without thinking, she turned into the station, rushed past the empty ticket office and onto the echoing platform. And there, like a gift, a glorious, hope-giving chance of a gift was a train. And so strong was the pull of escape, of freedom. The fox didn't stop to consider that this train was very old-fashioned. It was a steam train. And the steam pumping out of its chimney was, in fact, bright green. She gripped the marble tightly, hurried along the platform. And though she didn't know where the train was going to, she leapt aboard. She turned to see Fibber dashing towards her. What was he doing? He had been desperate to find his briefcase, and yet he wasn't, it appeared, desperate to hurry back to her parents to reveal the business plan inside it. Had he been lying about the contents? What if his briefcase didn't hold a genius business plan? Fox felt sure, though, that Fibber had something of value inside it, something he didn't want to lose. The train started chugging forward slowly, and Fibber quickened his pace, throwing himself aboard just before the train gathered more speed. And Fox realised then that her world which had seemed so ugly and unchanging before, now looked ever so slightly different. There were surprises and secrets bound up inside it. Why on earth, for instance, had her brother followed her onto this train? But it was only when the train doors snapped shut and Fox glanced down the carriage that she realised her world was filled to the brim with magic too. Hi, I'm Abby Elphinstone and you're listening to radioblogging.net. How much on the edge of your seat are you, Pi? Wowzers, my trousers are on the edge of their seat. <laughs> I love that. Politician's underpants. Mm. It made me laugh out loud. It's, it was really, really funny. Fast-paced, uh, cracking read. Well, I've written in my one, uh, the twins sounded pretty vile, Fox and Fibber. They did, didn't they? Yeah. But they will. But will they have changed through the challenges they meet in the story? Will they be different people by the end of the story? So that's what I'm wondering. And having read Rumble Star, it's great to meet Casper Tock all over again. So if you've not read Rumble Star, you have a treat. Uh, read that one because this one doesn't come out. I think it comes out in October. Now, um, I've posted mine, so I write my message, I click somewhere else, and then Deputy Mitchell will be um, checking and reading every single one. Uh, David, Abby sent me a message. She says, can I reply to individual questions directly, or do I just reply on the Padlet generally, and individuals find their replies there? The latter, the second bit, yes. Um, we do have the ability to add comments, but they are unmoderated, so I, we people would be able to write all over it. So um, just uh, my advice would be, uh, if you want to reply to any specific children, create your own Padlet and put uh, their name as if you're addressing it to them. Um, but make sure you, you uh, include your own name, Abby. Uh, but yes, that's the best way to do it, I think. So she writes, uh, Abby at the top, and then says, Neve. Um, okay we're we're on it and the other thing abby is you've got to remember to go to the top of the page where it says radioblogging.net look to the right there's the semicircle with the arrow click on that it refreshes the page and bingo up come with any luck there's always a slight pause because these things go wild because david's sitting there and there'll be 20 30 40 50 60 100 responses so it does become a bit crazy but we do have a musical interlude now 
so that everybody can get on um, with uh, creating some responses. This is radioblogging.net, broadcasting live across the planet. Yes, indeed we are. A very good morning to you. 12 minutes past 10 this morning. That was, of course, the theme from Animal Magic. Good old Johnny Morris. Well, that takes us back Mm -hmm. indeed. It does. Great piece of music, though, for writing, too, just in the background, just to keep us bouncing Mm. along with our pen or our pencil across Mm. our notebook. Um, Let's see if we've got any shout-outs. Of course, radioblogging at gmail.com is the email address to send your uh, messages to. Fraser. Fraser Cooper's been in touch. All the pupils and teachers at Readness Primary School. Not one I know there, so that's a new school, I think, or a fairly new school. We love it when we get new listeners to the show. Lorraine Harrison, good friend Lorraine, of course, who was on uh, during uh, Holiday Club Week. Uh, what inspiring games today. A wealth of rich ideas for stories. Looking forward to Abby's reading later. Lorraine, I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Going now to the show page, down to the comments at the bottom. Uh, good morning to Emily. Uh, good morning to Kirat. Also to Poppy and to Devon as well. Good morning to you. Um, good morning to Mrs. D. Already for the morning's broadcast with Abby and the usual crew. Looking forward to joining in, reading everyone's work. Jeff, good morning. Uh, yeah, we've got the player sorted on the show page. Thank you very much indeed. Fiona, good morning to you. Mrs. M from Bispen Drive. Really looking forward to the morning show. Loving Abby's books. I hope you enjoyed the reading. Fabulous reading this morning. Uh, Mr. Bachelor from Sunderland Primary. Please can Year 6 at Sunderland Primary have a shout out? Certainly can. Not a problem, sir. We can do that. Uh, good morning also to Bethany and also to William. Can I have a big shout out? My sister and I are home learning and we tune into this station every morning. Well, thank you so much for making us your station of choice each and every morning as we are here at 9.30. Harry in 6B, Micklefield School. Uh, good morning. All of us would like a shout out. We love the show. Ready for another jam-packed day. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad your day is jam-packed and you're finding things to do to keep yourselves busy and entertained. Over there on the contact padlet, Deputy Mitchell, have you got anything for us? And we have indeed, yes. We're very busy this morning on the Padlets. The, just to note, the um, the, the uh, response Padlet is uh, our most popular popular yet. It's uh, We're nearly breaking Padlet, I think. So if it's going a bit slow, persevere with it. It's just uh, handling large amounts of traffic at the minute, uh, but I can see them coming through, so I'll get on to that in a minute. But yes, over on the contact Padlet, we've got quite a lot coming through here. Um, we have Ollie from Thorntree Primary School asking for a shout out for his year six buddies. Uh, really looking forward to the reading this morning, so I'm sure he loved that. Uh, uh, Bishal again from Thorntree wanted to say hello to all his year six uh, classmates. Um, Charlie again and Ellie and Iger all from uh, Thorntree as well as Isaiah too. Uh, Sachi uh, loved Sky Song so much, wanted to tell us that. Um, Otkasha said, please can I have a shout out for my brother. He loves the radio blogging show. Uh, so that's there for you, Otkasha. Mrs. Murin from Willow, uh, from Stonewood Woodford, isn't it? Uh, school asking for a shout out for Willow class. Uh, really excited to hear Abby today. Sky Song was loved as a class book last year. And the depth of language was astonishing. And uh, it leads such a fabulous response from the children. So it led to a fabulous response there, which is great. Uh, one for you, Pi. Jenny is uh, specifically asking for an update on Gerald, please. Uh, <laughs> slightly, slightly concerned there, so we might want to have a have an update there later. And Robert is just 
currently writing, I can see him writing live from LEH School, saying please can all the amazing hardworking teachers at LEH School have a shout out, thank you. Uh, so that's going live just now, Robert. So yes, plenty coming through, Ian. Uh, really great show so far, loving it. Oh, it's, it's really inspiring, isn't it? Absolutely, this is the this best part of the day. Um, now, uh, listeners, it's time to flex your fingers because uh, <laughs> on our running order, and Pies Ready, I can hear him, Pies Ready, mm. because it is Jotcast time. Now, this Abbey is the part of the show where the children have live responses to their writing. You're not going to get this anywhere else. We've got Pie Corbett responding to live writing on the Jotcast. We've got Deputy Mitchell over there in his darkened room making sure <laughs> that everything, <laughs> everything gets approved as and when. Guys, over to you. Okay, so uh, you need to come out of the response padlet and you'll see on the main page it says activity one and there is, of course, a picture of an antique shop. Now, if people click on that picture, David, does it come large? It will, yes. Uh, we've got there's a picture above it and there's a picture within it. And just to note, Pi, as well, that if you uh, any listeners who are listening to this in a school, you may not be able to see the image inside the live writing window because of internet filtering at your school. Hence, why we've put it above, so you should be able to click on both of them and see a larger image there, Pi. Okay, great. So what's going to happen now is I'll give you some instructions. I mean, like mad things, everybody's going to be writing on the Jotcast. The adults join in. Sometimes they write, but also sometimes they comment. And that's really useful because I can't comment on everything because it is going to go crazy in a moment. So the activity is this. We're going to write a little bit of a story and we're going to do it bit by bit by bit. So the first thing is in three stages. The first thing is your main character. So you could have an I, a she or a he. You could name the character Casper noticed. I mean, what did they notice or Casper saw? So I've got Casper noticed a small silver box. That's the first thing. What is the magical object? And then describe it. It had a unicorn engraved on the lid and the sides were made of shells. So notice the object. What does it look like? And then you need to get your character touching it and responding. As soon as Joe touched the box, she felt a shiver, even though it was not cold. So your character touches the magical object and responds. And then you need a dramatic opener. A moment later, she was no longer in the shop, but standing at the top of an enormous tower, staring out across the valley. So you need some sort of dramatic mo uh, opener like a moment later uh, in a flash um, to her amazement and then get your character somewhere so they see an object touch it in response and then get transported to another world that is the basic challenge but do it bit by bit by bit don't do it all in one uh, chunk just do it sentence by sentence and we'll give you a response uh, choose out an object. Now, if you can't see anything there that looks sufficiently magical, then, of course, use your imagination. So um, here we go. And David has uh, written us some instructions up there. Notice the object. What does it look like? Your character touches it. Some sort of dramatic transportation. So Freya comes in. Archie saw a glass mug sitting on a shelf. Now Freya build on that. He's going to reach out, touch it, and then what happens? Hayden, I spotted a beautiful vase as precious as a shiny golden star. Love it. Now what happens, Hayden, when I touches it? Jess noticed 
a large shiny gold box lovely lovely we're getting going well done ted i like that one um uh, we've got aiden i see a creepy man staring at me okay what's going to happen next aiden sachin i observed an ivory box sitting on the wooden counter burned on the top was a deep carpet of a royal logo love that description sachin poppy scarlet noticed the small glow in the corner of the room she walked over to see a small seashell can you hear it's a lovely idea poppy could you hear the repetition you've got two smalls that sounds a bit odd see if you can tweak one of those bethany uh, sally entered the antique shop in front of her there stood a silver bowl it was layered in dust but she reached out and tenderly touched it bam she disappeared now we need to know where has she gone a moment later she was and describe where she is and then you can even get something going lovely piece so bethany well done mrs kilgore coming back helpfully and mr simpson noticed the dusty crinkly paged old book languishing at the back of the top shelf now thank you very much mr simpson now what's going to happen <laughs> sophia mabel noticed a shimmering blue marble Ooh, that sounds exciting violet saw a glimmering snow globe and instantly picked it up there was a flash then she was in the snow globe now you could there violet say um trapped inside or held inside comma she badum 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 she's going to explore that snow globe there is a story by amy wilson that features snow globes i'm certain oakley tom noticed a bucket that was glowing slightly when you set eyes on it at the speed of light he was sent to cloud kingdom now extend it i'm loving that one neve i noticed a golden bracelet lying on the old table picking it up badum 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 I, uh, uh, Mr. Walker chipping in there. Thank you, James. Evie, I noticed a small ball that was glass and engraved with a mermaid. Kirat, Tim noticed the mask that had devil engraved on. Hang on, the wall sounds scary, Kirat. Now, what happens when the main character Tim puts it on? Nicholas, I spotted a rainbow of all the world's happiness. Oh, nice idea. Mr. Walker, uh, Mrs. Kilger, and Mrs. D chipping in there. Emily, Kim saw the leather bound book. It was battered and bruised, like the alliteration there that adds to the bound book, battered, bruised. Then she noticed something, dot, dot, dot. On the front, it said, the book of wonders. Ooh, what's going to happen, uh, uh, happen, Emily, when that book is open? Are the words going to rearrange? What's going to happen? Izzy, I glared at the stone doll. Short, tight, punchy, dramatic sentence that makes me think that stone doll is probably going to come alive or something's going to happen. Love it. Devon, there was a glowing gauntlet and being myself, I had to touch it. I love that. <laughs> and being myself. That's a cracker, isn't it? I'm exhausted. Oh. Adults keep going. Can we have a short musical interlude while everyone's working and the adults are responding, Ian? We certainly can. Yep, got a lovely 30-second piece here. And we'll be back right. shortly. The time, 23 minutes past 10. I'm James Carter. The world is very grateful to what you and Pi and your whole team are doing. It's absolutely brilliant. You are a, literally a godsend. And I say that as a humanist, but you are a godsend to the world at the moment right now. And you give, and you give a great rhythm to every family's day. I think that's important that everyone gets up and gets really creative because the morning is the creative time of the day. And what better than to switch on to uh, radioblogging.net. This is radioblogging.net. 
another fabulous Jotcast there. Thank you very much indeed, Pi, um, and everybody, listeners, for, for getting involved because it really does become a, a lovely body of work. Some fabulous, fabulous ideas. And I know that Deputy Mitchell will continue to keep um, approving those as we go through the rest of the show. You keep him very, very busy. You have no idea. <laughs> but thank you. Uh, really, really fabulous stuff. Now then, Pi, on to a very interesting and beautiful and brilliant interview, isn't it? Absolutely fantastic. I'm just, just reading Chloe's here. I love the turn of phrase, Chloe. You, you, you're writing. A lot, so many of you now are writing like a novelist would. Uh, Chloe's written, Millie couldn't help but notice a colossal claw. <laughs> just fantastic stuff. Yes, Abby, um, thank you so much for joining in, Abby. And thank you, thank you for this wonderful uh, interview. Folks, you can carry on on the Jotcast if you wish. Adults keep responding. But I think it might be a good moment just to sit back, listen, and jot down anything that strikes you in your notebooks. Abby, that's absolutely stunning. What a fantastic reading. A really edge of your seat stuff. You want to know what's going next and you bring such an energy to your reading. It's brilliant. Oh, I think that's having two small kids and trying to read aloud um, for them each evening for bed. <laughs> but I, I do think, though, for the listener, and in particular, because your books have been used so widely in key stage two classrooms across the country and across the world, and I can absolutely see why. You know, they are really gripping. There's magic. It's got a bit of everything in it, hasn't it? I mean, where do you get your inspiration for your books, Abby? I think it's a sort of three-way process for me, um, from adventures in the wild, from daydreams, and from noticing things that other people miss. So for Adventures in the Wild, um, I have a book called Sky Song, which is set in a snowy kingdom called Erkenwald. And I was lucky enough when lockdown wasn't happening to get right up to the Arctic, to the Norwegian Arctic. Um, and I went dog sledding through snowy valleys and I watched orcas dive for herring. Um, and I saw the northern lights flickering across the sky. And I ended up using all my experiences out there to build the setting for Sky Song. Um, the idea behind my series, The Unmapped Chronicles, of which Jungle Drop um, is the second book, um, started with a daydream, um, a what if in my writing shed. Um, I simply thought back to all the incredible skies I've seen on my adventures, pink sunrises, orange sunsets, rain that summons rainbows and snow that sort of makes jewellery out of spider webs. Um, and I started wondering, what if the grown-ups have got it all wrong about our skies? And what if it's not science and geography behind the weather, but magic? And then this idea of these four secret kingdoms conjuring weather for our world um, came about. Um, but sometimes it's super random, um, noticing things other people miss. Um, I was once shopping in TK Maxx and I came across a shower gel. Um, and I saw the name of the shower gel was Pecksniff, the brand. And I thought that's a bit of a silly name for a shower gel, but it's a brilliant surname. So my first ever book was called The Dream Snatcher. And I ended up naming the main character, Mole Pecksniff, after a shower gel in TK Maxx. Um, and sometimes it's signposts. Um, there's a boarding school in Rumble Star, the first book in the Unmapped Chronicles series. Um, and I stole the name Little Wallops from a signpost um, that I saw when I was waiting for a bus. Um, so, yeah, I get my ideas in lots of different ways. That's absolutely fascinating. What a, what a brilliant thing to, to just pick up things from life and from life experience it, itself. I mean, there are well, some... obviously, for the other, you know, the things other people miss. I think that's all it is being an author. It's just being super curious, super watchful. 
I think so. And, and, and I think also you've got some really, really charismatic characters within the, the passage, particularly that you've just read, you know, in, in Fox and Fibber and the Old Man. It certainly made me smile because there's a great deal of humour in there, which I think is just lovely, particularly for young readers. I mean, have you based these characters on anybody in particular or again, are they just kind of your imagination from the imagination of a writer? It's a bit of a mix. Um, sometimes I base characters um, on people I know. So in Rumblestar, there is a giant called Slumbergrot, and he has lots and lots of very important things to say. But just as he's working himself up to say something really important, he falls asleep. And that's based on my father. So every time after school, he'd work his way up to say something to me. And then I'd wait for it. And then I'd turn around and notice he was asleep in an armchair. Um, so based on my dad, um, in Jungle Drop, you've got these two really nasty twins, Fox and Fibber, Petty Squabble. Um, and I don't know. I don't think they were based on anyone. They sort of arrived fully formed, this idea of these bickering twins. They live in a house called Bickery Towers. Um, and I just thought it would be fun for a change to write a book where the main characters are really dislikable. I thought it would be a bit of a challenge because normally I have a character who you immediately feel quite empathetic with. You know, maybe they're mm. lonely or they feel a bit of an outsider and you root for them and you hope for them because they're ultimately a good character. But there's nothing um, very good about Fox and Fibber. Um, and I wanted to see if I could write a book that within the course of the story, the characters would change and you'd grow to love them and they'd realise their faults and they'd strive to be a little bit better than they were at the beginning of the story. Fabulous. That's a lovely way to, to approach a, a book. I mean, one of the things also we've asked uh, the authors that we've spoken to um, is your notebook. Do you have a notebook? And, and are you able to just give us a little peek inside as to how you use your notebook for your thought process? Yeah, sure. So I'm really forgetful. Um, when I leave the house, I forget everything, my phone, my keys. I often forget my writing notebook, which is really annoying because when I'm out and about, ideas happen spontaneously and I want to write them down so I end up writing so many of my, my ideas down on restaurant napkins um, my hand um, the notes section of my iPhone sometimes even a leaf if I'm sitting in a tree thinking of ideas um, so the notebook can be multifaceted it can take the form of many different things um, I do have one notebook that I really really like which is leather bound um, but I think it's more about the pen for me um, if I've got a really nice pen that sort of glides across the page like a soft biro or something um then it makes me write more and sort of I feel like I'm more imaginative um but if you were to glimpse inside this leather bound um notepad the first thing you would see would be a map um I'm dyslexic and when I sit down to write a book my ideas are a total mess and I always think there's no way I can write 50, 60,000 words and get to the end of another middle grade adventure book. Um, so I draw my way into my stories. Um, I draw a setting um, that I'd love to visit. Um, so in Jungle Drop, the characters visit a glow-in-the-dark rainforest and I fill it with loads of places within this rainforest that I'd love to, to see, like a ravine called Fool's Leap, um, an old magical wood called the Elderwood. Um, and then I start imagining a journey through this enchanted glow-in-the-dark rainforest and I draw it with a pen, just a line, a journey of a character and that becomes my plot. Um, and then I just remind myself that an author, Vladimir Nabokov, he once said, the writer's job is to get the main character up a tree then when they're up there, throw rocks at them. So I start imagining various obstacles 
getting in the way of my characters along this journey. So maybe at one place they're kidnapped or they have something stolen from them or they're ambushed and then they get over that hurdle and another hurdle presents itself. And hopefully that makes for an exciting adventure book. Well, it certainly sounds incredibly exciting. And I know from talking to children and young people uh, at our school, so at my school, um, you were kind enough not so long ago to respond to a tweet that I put out because one of our children had read Rumble Star. Um, and, and you responded very, very kindly. And I know how inspired children are and will be by this, certainly listening to how you, you to produce a story map, because obviously that is a technique that we use within school to, to put stories together. So when you're producing your, your story map and then subsequently your edits, does that go through a, a kind of a, a process where you, you go over many story maps and then many edits before you're happy with your finished version? Yeah, so... I think some people, you know, they don't plan, they just dive straight into a story. And I sometimes wish I could do that. But I end up doodling and doodling and doodling. I used to think at school that doodling was for people who weren't concentrating. But certainly, if you're dyslexic, doodling's a way into a story. So I doodle my initial map of the setting. um, And that gives me the framework, the story arc for the whole book. And then I get even more detailed. I start mapping out each scene before I write it. So it's a really sort of sketchy diagram that I draw, but it's good to keep track of my characters. You know, if they're standing there, they couldn't possibly be saying this in a whisper to that character because they wouldn't hear or, you know, it makes it feel believable to me if I sketch it out first. Um, And I think being dyslexic, it gives me this framework that makes me feel more confident that I can write. So I've got all these diagrams and then I can launch into the story. And sometimes I veer completely off piste and I think, hang on, they wouldn't all be sitting around the table. They would be, you know, thrashing at the windows because there's a storm coming in or they want to get out of the house because someone's chasing them. So it does change. Um, but as I said, I think I like the structure of having some sort of platform. I know where I'm going, but then I can twist that and, and move on from it. Mm, absolutely wonderful stuff. That's brilliant. So in terms of sort of thinking about young writers who um, obviously are going to be inspired by the, the wonderful works that you've produced, what advice would you give to young writers who are aspiring to be novelists like yourself? So there's a few things. I'd say, firstly, look up and out from your screens. Um, very difficult in lockdown, I appreciate. Um, but there is so much magic in the world. Um especially out in nature. And even if you live in the city, I live in London right now, but there are pockets of wildness. There's always something to see. Um, And I think if we look up and out from our screens, we see that there are many, many stories waiting to be told. We just got to notice them. Um, I would also say carry a notebook with you um, because being a writer is a bit like being a detective. You just watch the world fiercely for the things other people miss. Um, Don't worry if at the beginning of the book, that you're about to write, the story you're about to write, your ideas are a total mess. That's completely normal. Nothing starts off perfect. Just the idea is the exciting bit and you can lead off from that. Um, And finally, I'd say never be afraid to fail. Um, I wrote four books and had 96 rejection letters from literary agents before I got my first book deal. Took me seven years. Um, So never give up. always be humble enough to take criticism and determined enough to bounce back from it. So when your teachers offer you some advice like, oh, I think you should work on the sentence structure here and maybe have some shorter sentences to create drama and then a longer sentence to build up the, um, the scene and describe what's going on, listen to them because they often know and they can enrich your stories. 
what great advice that is. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute joy and a pleasure to, to oh, talk to you today. Thank you for having me on the show. Well, thank you, Abby, very much for your time this afternoon. That was Abby Elphinstone, everybody. Thank you very much indeed, Abby. No problem. Hi, I'm Abby Elphinstone, and you're listening to radioblogging.net. There was so much in that interview for children and young people, wasn't there, Pi? Yes, and definitely one to replay. And if I had uh, my bubble with me, as they now call groups of children, if I had my bubble with me, I'd be, let's re- let's listen to that again and then notice some of the key points. I love the bit about fiercely observing the world, mm. that the world is where the ideas are going to be lurking. And um, you've got to look at the world, I suppose, your experience, what happens to you with a rightly eye. The world is your copy. I think we've said that before. Fantastic interview. Thank you so much, Abby. Um, uh, Our listeners will have, I know, really, really enjoyed that. And folks, back on the response padlet, Abby's responses are in green. So go back, refresh the page and take a look. Well, it's time to go to the final activity. So underneath the Jotcast, if you click on the uh, orange square, not square, rectangle that says portal story. You know exactly what I'm going to say, everybody. I've put a little model in here, and this one is I've imagined year five class going to Fitzwilliam Museum, which is in a little like Cambridge, I think. And um, uh, they go to the Egypt, uh, Egyptian display, and there, Emily. Emily's eye is caught by a scarab beetle and of course she touches it and next thing we know she's transported back in time and is standing right by a pyramid. I'll just read that to you. Every year class five went to the Fitzwilliam Museum. The guide stopped at each display to tell the children about the different artifacts. It was only when they reached the Egyptian display that Emily became interested. A scarab beetle caught her attention. Glittering wings flickered in the light. Greens and blues shimmered like an iridescent gemstone and elongated feelers stretched towards her. As class five meandered into the Viking section, Emily waited. As soon as they'd gone, she reached out and touched the beetle. She felt a hot, stabbing pain and withdrew her hand as if she had been stung. A moment later, and she was standing at the edge of a desert, Huge sand-coloured pyramids jutted upwards. White birds circled above, calling. A vast river oozed by, and tall palm trees lined its edge. Emily gasped, for she knew exactly where she was. So the challenge is, your main character develop what you've been doing. Your main character touches some magical object, or maybe goes to a magical place, or carries out some sort of magical action and is transported into another world. You could draw on history, you could draw on fantasy or imagination. Just underneath, we've got the usual forms, write the title, write your blog post in, reread, 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 edit, tweak, polish, read it to a partner, read it to your mum or your dad, then get your first name in and the school's name, tick the little boxes and you can submit. And below that, David, We have the top one, which is green. This is where children can perform their writing. Just a couple of paragraphs, folks. David, um, what do we need to be thinking about when we're performing the writing? Well, we've got uh, a couple of things, really. First of all, it's about being brave enough to have a go. Yesterday, we had the most ever uh, 
children, listeners engaging with this and posting up their performances of their writing, uh, which is something we love to do. We tend to come on about five o'clock in the evening and then later on just to catch any that have happened in the evening if people have put them up. And they then form uh, the introduction to tomorrow's show by getting your voices on the radio, which is a pretty cool thing to do. Um, but there's some tips that we can certainly do. Practice one thing that Pi said is about practicing. Yes, do practice. Talk, uh, read it out in front of a mirror, whatever you want to do. But when you're ready to have a go, it's just about being brave enough to have a go. And what we find is children are, are really much better at doing this than adults are uh, at taking risks and having a go. So what I'd like you to do is um, follow those instructions. There is a player there with some instructions. You can follow those to learn how to do it. And um, once you start your recording, you can stop it at any point. If a door opens or you forget a word or you've made a mess of it, you can start again. Even when you've finished it, you can read it, but you can listen to it back before you commit to saying submit and putting it on the blog. So, um, yep, there's a, a load of different ways um, you can do that. Follow the instructions. We do love to see these uh, come through. But also remember in what Pi was describing there, there is the – uh, the little form to fill in to create your blog post. And there's a clue in the name of radio blogging that part of this is all about the blogging. And once you're, uh, you've submitted your work before you uh, create your audio, it will go into the listeners posts area of the site, which on the orange uh, menu system at the top, you can click listeners post and there are thousands and thousands and thousands of pieces of writing that have been written by you and we can always comment too and you'll hear us talk about comments a lot but do feel free do leave some comments we have a team of adults who also get in uh, who also get involved leaving comments uh, and if you are an adult listening you want to do that get in touch we can help but that's about it i've covered a lot of things there i'm sorry uh, but uh, loads of loads of different ways children can get their writing uh, onto the blog and it's one of our favorite things isn't it absolutely yeah so please let's have one or two be brave it's always good to have new folk we've got our old standbys who often do it and that's fantastic we love listening to those but a few new folk would be great ian it's getting towards the end of the uh program you've got some news to chat through though for us haven't you yes we do indeed um you may have noticed from our homepage very exciting announcement so from next week we've got a slightly different schedule uh for radio blogging uh, and a new show called club rb so radio blogging is going to be on every Monday at 9.30 a.m. throughout the summer term with a follow-up session for children every Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. with hints, tips, extension tasks. Um, and throughout the summer term, that's going to be a free trial offer for uh, you to listen in and to continue with. So um, please do head to the homepage and look at the schedule change. But also we've got Club RB. Now, if you listened to Radio Blogging Holiday Club, then you're going to absolutely love this. Features, music. Music, shout outs and we're going to be on every Tuesday Friday at 9 30 a.m and every Sunday at 3 p.m and again to begin with that is going to be a free trial offer you so you can listen in see what it's like and then in the future there will be that will be both of them both radio blogging and club RB will be a paid for service but this is a really exciting opportunity to take radio blogging and and club RB into the future isn't it Pi? Absolutely. And when I was a young teacher, um, the BBC used to have um, radio shows and they used to have 
um, specific TV programs. A lot of the adults, you'll remember, uh, was it called Listen and Read? I think it was. Yeah. Um, Wordy. Do you remember yes, Wordy? Yes, I do. Of, Very well. Yeah, a lot of the adults will have had Wordy. So what we're thinking of doing is developing the radio blogging on Monday so that we can offer that next term as things begin to get back uh, to normal. So we can offer that as something that um, classes would tune into. We'll be providing the, because it's on Monday, we'll provide teachers notes on the Friday. So teachers over the weekend can read through, have a think about how they're going to use the program and be ready for the Monday. And then very excitingly, a follow up on the Wednesday evening. And that's really a sort of homework show. People have to be getting home, uh, sorting themselves out, making sure mum's got the tea on the table early enough so that they can join in with the homework show. So really looking forward to that. And of course, uh, the club will be uh, really great fun to be joining in with as well, particularly if you're at home. I know that you'll be wanting to listen to that uh, and carry on with the good work that uh, we've been doing. So, uh, yeah, exciting developments uh, coming in that direction. Absolutely. Really looking forward to it. And um tomorrow i ought to mention it's tomorrow friday yes it is so i'm getting old and tired yeah. it's nearly quarter two we've had an amazing show we today, have but yeah tomorrow we have a musician with us uh, a scottish musician called duncan duncan chisholm and um he's uh he talks a little bit about his music and how he gets ideas how he writes music and then we are going to write using his music which is going to be really interesting um, and I'm really looking forward to that. So teachers, mums and dads, uh, listeners, thanks ever so much for joining us. Our show would be nothing without you. It's been a really exciting show. I love reading your work. I really do. I'm not just saying I, I, it's so exciting when that comes up on the Jotcast. You are so talented and um, that sharing and reading each other's uh, writing marvelous work today really looking forward to tomorrow it's going to be very exciting ian time to wrap the show up i think thank you very much indeed pi yes it has been a cracking show today uh, just before i go andrew kilgore team kilgore hi in the team can we have a shout out for toby he's gone back to school today for the first time and was sad that he would miss the show but he'll be listening again and later when he gets home and he'd love to get a name check well andrew if you go to the listen again player which will be on the show page later on today and you go to an hour and 46 minutes toby will be listened to his uh, able to listen to his name check straight away also thank you to michael williams for getting in touch thinks the show is brilliant and hopefully the information we've provided now about the new schedule change um, has given you a little bit more to know what's coming up and finally just from twitter lovely tweet i've just seen before we go uh from emma can't put into words the impact radio blogging has had on my son he is autistic we were struggling with homeschooling but the program has inspired improved his vocab and even strengthened our bond how fabulous and wonderful and that is why we do what we do the perfect way to finish huge thanks as always to our good friends pi corbett and deputy mitchell and also to abby elphinston because today having abby join in the show and her contributions have been completely and utterly stunning it's been a cracking show looking forward to tomorrow a little bit of musical uh, introduction which we will enjoy very much indeed until then everybody have a great day stay safe bye for now yo yo what up this is lunch money lewis hey i'm john newman hey what's up this is fergie ferg a children's radio blogging show broadcast into homes and schools across the world join pie corbett russell prue ian rocky and david mitchell live each weekday at 9 30 a.m 
online radio live blogging. This is radioblogging.net. 